morning, welcome back. We are studying the 30th, the 23rd chapter of Ilchot Shabbat of Harambam, Sefer Zemanim, Mishneh Torah. And this chapter continues with Ilchot Shabbat, Shabuyot, things that Hachamim forbade, inspired by the Mitzvah of Tishbot, even from things that are not Melacha. And as we said, just to recap, there is two kinds of Shabuyot, those that are meant to uh, prevent you from coming to making doing an actual melacha and those that come those that are forbidden because they look like something that's done uh, that is a melacha this kind uh, and the next chapter 24 is going to deal with a different kind of shavuot which are things that are uh, done normally during the week and hachamim wanted shabbat to be a little different but the ones in this chapter still continue to relate to specific melachot, and it's a very good opportunity to understand the underlying melachot by, by reading the Shavuyot. Halacha Aleph. This is going to deal with the melachot of Hamakeba Patish, which is, as we are going to see now, uh, finalizing anything for its function. So you, you do some little transformation, which is the last nail on the coffin, so, so to speak, the, the last thing, the last step needed for uh, finalizing the function of that thing. Doing a little hole, creating a little hole on a wall, like for example, what you do in, in, a, in, a, in the, the, the place where the chicken live, and you, you make a hole there in that wall so that air can come in, light can come in, and, and uh, the smell, the bad smell can come out to air it out. This Makeba Patish, you are finalizing the function of that lul of Tarnegolim, and therefore this is Makeba Patish because you are doing something. It's not just uh, doing something that's not a transformation, it's doing something, changing something physical. And with that change, that in and of itself may or may not have been a melacha, you are finalizing the function of the lul. Therefore, Hachamim forbade to make any kind of hole. So a hole in a Torah is only something that's made to take out and to bring in, both ways, uh, like the one of the Lul Tarnagolim. But Hachamim forbade any kind of Lul, even the ones that are made only for bringing in or taking out. Lest a person comes to actually make the kind of hole for which he's for, he's a Hayav. And therefore, this is why uh, in a habit, one may not make a new hole. A habit, many haviyot were, were closed completely. So that's how you'd store wine and you'd age it. So the habit really doesn't have an opening mechanism. And the only way to open it, as we saw on Korea and as we're going to see, is cutting chopping the neck off the havit and that 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 would allow you to take out and to bring in another way is to make a little hole on, at the bottom of the havit <clears throat> and let the wine flow through that hole and then you just close that hole now the, the second kind of hole the one we are talking about right now it's only meant to take wine out not to bring wine in but it's still forbidden to add such a hole to a havit on shabbat uh, this is probably relevant to, um, I, I recall in, uh, in Israel, they had something called shluk, which is some kind of a, a um, artificially sweetened drink that children unfortunately like. 
uh, grape flavored and so on. And then you you, t- you take a straw and you make a hole in that. That's probably a sur from the same for the same reason. However, on the Havit, you are allowed to reopen a hole that you had previously opened before Shabbat. However, this needs to be the kind of hole that's not under the surface of the of the shemarim of the solids of the grape that accumulated, which which normally are at the very bottom of the of the of the havit, because if it's at the bottom, then the other function of this hole is to strengthen the rest of the of this uh, of this vessel. So somehow, for some reason, I don't know why. Um, oh, sorry. Okay, so, so this is this is an exception to what we just said of reopening an old hole. So an old hole that's at the very bottom of the habit under the shemarim, by by closing it again uh, and and reopening it again, you are actually affecting the body of the habit, and therefore it's forbidden. Halachavet. Further with the habit, it's um, uh, now this is a different kind of habit, it's a habit that wasn't closed completely, it's not, uh, uh, it's not made of mud throughout without any opening, but rather there was an opening and the way it was enclosed on the top was with some kind of a wax or something that's called megufa. And uh, and the, the the other in this kind of havit, you take wine out by making a hole in the megufa in that wax uh, cover that it has. So it's permissible to make a hole in that area, so long as you do it from above vertically. However, doing it from the side, so you have to visualize this. You have the havit, and then the very top of the havit. Is a piece of is a megufai something made of of uh, either wax it could be also actual mud or ceramic or anything else and then uh, it's forbidden to make a hole from the side on it because that that that's something that you are you are creating a keli by doing that it's like being metaken keli not metaken keli it's like being metaken keli now a lot of people take from here. Uh, make all kinds of conclusions about opening bottles on Shabbat. Um, I don't think this halacha has enough for us to decide on whether opening a bottle on Shabbat is permissible or not. We are just talking about uh, holes here. Rem- remember, we're talking about making holes. That's not what we make with bottles. Shovet adam etahavit leechol mimenna gerogerot ubilvat shelo yitkaven laasot keli. Again, another example, a havit that was completely hermetic, closed. You are allowed to break it to take the gerogedot from there, so long as you are not intending to now create a keli that now permits you to hold things. Before you broke it, the, the havit was totally closed. And now that you broke it, you can put things in and out. So, so long as you're not meaning to make a keli, it's fine. This is more like opening a bottle on Shabbat. One of the first sukiyot, uh, you can bring a havit of wine and you're allowed to chop its head off with a sword. 
לפני האורחים, next to the guest is something that you would do in order to show to the אורחים that not only are you opening wine for them, but you're opening it in a way that, guys, we need to finish this. I can no longer close it right now. I've opened it. I like you so much. I'm honoring you. And this wine is fully dedicated for this meal. Look at me. I'm taking a sword and chopping the head of the Havit, which means if we don't drink this wine, it's going to get ruined quickly. That's permissible. Because he's not intending to create a very um, a, a, a very precise kind of opening in the Havit, which would be forbidden, but rather it's, uh, it's just to show to the, the Rahim how much he's generous. Just like it's forbidden to open a new hole, it's also forbidden to close an existing hole. In other words, to cover it for, and prevent it from prevent it from letting things in and out. Therefore, it's forbidden to then close the neck of the havit that you opened, even with something that's not spreadable and is not also drainable. It's not. It's not. Doesn't get drenched like a cloth, which we said in the last chapter was an issue. Like, for example, using a piece of wood or a little pebble. However, if you leave inside, in that havit, some food uh, to, to protect it, and, uh, and then through having that food in the havit, the, the, the hole gets uh, closed. You know, you fill up the havit with something that covers the hole. Then that's fine. And this is something that Hachamim permitted to use as a loophole. We said that holes to bring things in and out are but not only that, everything that is everything that finalizes a transformation that, that what was started with a different then this would be enough to be Hayav Makeba Patish. So just to give you an example of why this would be relevant. So let's say someone is building a house and the Aideen, the witnesses, come when he's about to put the very last uh, nail in that house. And they say, don't do it. We're giving you a hazhara, a warning. Uh, you're going to be liable for the death penalty. You're going to be Hayav, and what can they say? They can't say you're going to be Hayav for the construction. They didn't see it, but they can say you're going to be Hayav for this last this last struck of your hammer. This is a Melacha in and of itself. If the person goes ahead and does it, now there is a case against him. Therefore, a Gored Koshehu scraping off something so uh, th th this means softening surface in the case of the house the house is perfectly fine but there is one stone that still has some imperfections and you go and clean those up that is or or completing the functionality of of something of uh, of an object with anything that is hayab Therefore, this is very relevant. 
Listen to this halacha. This is a, a Mishnah that is found both with, with respect to Shabbat and Yom Tov. It's one of the... On Yom Tov, basically, we have the general rule that everything that's forbidden on Shabbat is forbidden on Yom Tov with some exceptions. But also, the Mishnah brings some specific examples of something that is forbidden both on Shabbat and Yom Tov. This is one of them. It's forbidden to make music, to make music, not to make noise, but to make music, let's be precise here, on Shabbat, whether through instruments, musical instruments, like uh, oud, kinor is oud, or nevalim is all sort of uh, string instruments, or other things, it's forbidden also with things that are not made to be musical instruments. Even to, to use your fingers to hit against the ground or against some surface to make a rhythm like the musicians do. Or to again do some rhythmic sound by taking a nut, a walnut, and shaking it so it makes this noise in a rhythmic way, I'd say, or to 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 take a, a zug is a a paamon is a, a a a bell to take a little bell and make that noise kedashish talk for for the baby so that the baby comes down. Um, from personal experience, even last night I can tell you babies do come down from rhythmic music, rhythmic uh, white noise. What uh, nowadays is very automated. But back in the day, you had to do it yourself. All of this is forbidden. Lest a person comes to actually fashion or form or finalize an actual musical instrument, which would have been Make Bapatish. Same, same Gezera. En Mesapekin. One may not, uh, means uh, clap hands, means to dance, and metapehim is, uh, I'm sorry, mesapekim is to clap against something, and then metapehim is, is uh, clap hands one against the other. This is also within the Gezerah of uh, maybe you'll come to fashion an actual musical instrument. So again, very relevant. Shabbat and Yom Tov. It's forbidden to dance. It's forbidden to clap your hands. And it's forbidden to make music against the table. All of these things are forbidden from the Gezerah of Letaken Keleshir. Uh, arguably, it's the same Gezerah that forbids you to play a guitar forbids you to dance. So if you want to say that the Gezerah no longer applies, like the Tosafot say, it, it's, a, it's a stretch to say it, half of it doesn't apply, but half of it applies. So I think that the more honest approach is it's either all or nothing. If for some reason you come to say the Gezerah doesn't apply, which again is not Harambam's position and the Mosha Hamim's position that Batela Ta'am lo even though the, the Ta'am is no longer there, then the Gezerah still applies because it's legislation. We 
care about the reasons just from a curios curiosity standpoint, not from a legal standpoint. Uh, so what follows is on any Yom Tov, every Yom Tov, including Simchat Torah, one should not, may not dance on Shabbat. One other note here, um, some some of you had discussed on, on the chat that we have accompanying this Shiorim, whether when Harambam says N something, we don't do something, whether that means that it's forbidden or not. And um, th the answer is, it depends on the context. So in this halacha, although all of this halachot, although it says N, and then the verb en mesapekin or the next halacha en chotchin, because of the context that says gezera afterwards, it's very very clear that this is a properly legislated prohibition and 100% prohibited, as opposed to just a recommendation not to do it. Sometimes when Rambam says en something, it means it's a recommendation. Um, it's something that uh, it's better not to like. For example, many of the things in Lchot Deot. And to clap with the back of your hands, or uh, actually it's not to clap, it's to hit against a surface with the back of your hand, it's permissible. It's forbidden to try to navigate, to float on the water, lest you come to fashion a, a raft. However, a reservoir of water that is in a private property, like a swimming pool, mutar lashutpa is permissible to swim in it. Because a person will not come to create a raft, to fashion a raft, to survive the perils of a swimming pool. However, this is all provided that the berecha, this reservoir of water, this swimming pool, this body of water has some kind of a border that prevents the water from going out and coming in. Like when you have a very slight slope, like the river or like the ocean, then this doesn't apply. So that it becomes very obvious that this is not the same as the ocean or any other body of water. It's forbidden to cut a piece of a, a, a cane because this is fashioning a keli. If the, the cane was already cut, so the function, the purpose of this would be you take a piece of this, uh, let's say, bamboo cane or something, and you put it inside the havit in order to let the, the wine or the liquid flow more easily outside. Um, so if you have it already cut on Shabbat, it's permissible to then insert it inside this habit. And we don't extend this concern to saying, oh, maybe he'll come to uh, perfect this cane so that it lets the wine flow even better. No, it's fine. It's already cut on the right measurement and that's fine um by the way you'll notice that uh, is uh, is not a melacha is not is not metakenkeli is kintakenkeli is only a sulmi de rabanan 
which also should help us illustrate, to help us understand what exactly are the limits of the Milakha of Korea, Korea, which is to cut something with very specific measurements. So in here, it seems that you would not be Hayav Mishun Korea because presumably you don't really care about the precise measurements of this. And Seul Mad, of course, from here, uh, I think one could make a very strong case that toilet paper doesn't have any hashash of Korea on Shabbat. Um, one thing that they used to do is, uh, is that they used to also add a leaf of hadas to soften the surface through which the wine flows. That is forbidden to do uh, inside the Havit on Shabbat because it's as if you are, you are making a marzev, which is something professionally made within the Havit to permit the, the smooth flowing of the liquid through it. And also it's forbidden to break heres, to, to break a piece of, uh, of heres, of, uh, of ceramic or of mud, or, or to, to tear a piece of paper. This is more relevant to toilet paper because it's like being metaken keli, because it's a, uh, it's, uh, it's like uh, preparing an object for its use. So if anyone wants to make a case about toilet paper, this is, this is the line that should be used to discuss. It's not about Korea, there is no Melech of Korea, but there may be a problem of metaken uh, keli, kim taken keli rather, halachazayin. By the way, niyar uh, back in the day wasn't used in such a disposable way like we use toilet paper today. So I'd say this is not applicable, but this is obviously open to interpretation. And niyar back in the day was used for, it was much more solid. It was like papyrus and it was used for, uh, for example, gathering garbage from the table and that sort of thing. The a, a very long the is a, a a long plant, a long plant uh, you, you find this sometimes coming from the vine tree. So you have the Zemora, this long plant, and it's it's connected to the tafiah, to to some little cup. They used to use a deli normally, dli, a bucket to draw water from the well, but sometimes they use a tafiyah, which is something much smaller. So imagine like an atla, a, a kli of netilat yadayim that people use today that has something tied to it. It's permissible to fill up water from the well with it on Shabbat. Of course, uh, assuming everything is rashut ayahid, However, if it's not tied to the keli, the zemura, it's forbidden to to um, to use to 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 use this uh, device to draw water from the well because the concern is you might come and cut the the zemura or perfect it so it fulfills its function better. Okay, so uh, 
כדרך שהאומנים עושים, ונמצא כמתקן כאלה ואומר מלאכתו בשבת is forbidden to rub to clean silver uh, objects with, uh, with something called gartekon, it's, uh, it's some chemical that's used to, 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 to make silver shine, um, because this is something that the professional people do, and by doing so you're finalizing, finishing off the functionality of silver, which is to shine, uh, and it's kimtak, not metakenkeli, but it's kimtakenkeli, it's gezera, and, and it's, it's one of the gezerot that it's like, it looks like it, not because it's going to bring you to do something. However, you're allowed to use soap or, or sand, you're allowed to sand silver in order to make it shine. And so to any other object, you are permitted to rub them uh, with anything. It's forbidden to wash. Ke'arot uh, is, is uh, the, the plate on which you serve the food. Ve'ilfasin is a place, is a pot in which you cook the food. And, and of that, those kinds, it's forbidden to wash very well pots and pans on Shabbat. Uh, because by doing so, by, and, and maybe this, this may or may not be applicable to the ones of our days, but you are preparing them for their use on Shabbat, you couldn't have used them without doing this. So the only way you can do so is to, in, or, in order to eat on them another meal on that Shabbat. So if you need to clean this ke'ara to use it again for se'odah shelishit, it's permissible. However, any other kind of, uh, of, uh, of cups and things that you use to drink, then even if you don't have any se'odah coming up, after se'odah shelishit, you are permitted to wash cups on Shabbat because... The shetia, to drink, there is no set time to it, and you don't need to expect to have a seudah to drink. Drinking utensils should be available at all times because people drink water and, and other things throughout the day, and therefore you can wash them because you need to have them readily available at all times. It's also forbidden, and this is, uh, Aramanda is not saying Gezera here, this may be another kind of N here, because Aramanda does not say Gezera. Um, it's forbidden to set up uh, the beds, to make your beds on Shabbat in order to have them ready for Mosai Shabbat. However, it's permissible if you have beds that are only used on Shabbat, let's say you have an apartment or something which you use only Shabbatot, and the next time you're going to use these beds is next Shabbat, you're allowed to make your beds that Shabbat if you're going to use them uh, the following Shabbat. I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit. It's forbidden to do the Shabbat if the because you are preparing these utensils to be used. But a person who is Tameh, not a Keli, is permissible, is permitted to do Tevila because it, he looks like he's just trying to refresh himself in the water. He's not uh, doing Tevila. Then Mazin Alav Bashabat, however, is forbidden to do Hazaa, which is another method which we'll learn in later books in Harambam uh, to make something, someone Tahor, which you do to the Mesorah, for example, on Shabbat, that you may not do on Shabbat. Hamatbil Kelim Bashabat, 
someone who did do Tevilat Kelim on Shabbat, Beshorer ishtamesh bahen, if he did not know that it was forbidden, he's allowed to use them. Bemezid, lo ishtamesh bahem ad nemosai Shabbat. However, if he, did those, if he did so knowing it's forbidden, then it's forbidden to use those uh, now mutbalim, this kelim that had vilan, until after Shabbat. And it's permitted to do Tevilat Maim on Shabbat. And Tevilat Maim is something interesting that there is a, a so water that is Maim Sha'uvim is considered Maim Teme'im. And by connecting those water that water with water that is uh, water from rain, you are in a way doing Tevilat to the second kind of water and making it uh, Tahor, Litaheret Hamaim. It's permissible to do so on Shabbat. How should one do so? So the way to do so is to put this water, the Maim Sheovim, inside a utensil that doesn't that doesn't receive Tum'ah, for example, something made of stone, uh, a, a, a rockware or stoneware. I'm not sure how, how exactly to call this. Um, and then you put the water inside there. You put that inside the mikveh of Maim Hayim, and then that will make the water become tahor. And you need this water if, for example, you want to make bread from teruma, or also for uh, for kohanim to for some purposes. It's also forbidden to separate the rumot on Shabbat because it looks like you are uh, fixing something that wasn't metukan, uh, uh, wasn't uh, yet ready to, to be derived benefit from. As we mentioned before, me'abed to work to tan the leather is one of the avot melachot. Also, to, to take oil to soften leather, that's forbidden, um, like, like the abedanim osim, like the professional tanners do, that's forbidden, and you will be hayav mishum me'abed. Just to note, in the last chapter, we mentioned it's permissible to clean the shoes, to shine the shoes with oil. We are talking here about using oil to soften the leather, not to, to, um, to shine it. By the way, we mentioned uh, in the last chapter, this needs to be used shoes, to shine used shoes. And this is exactly what this halacha relates to. So it's forbidden to, to uh, oil your feet and then put them inside new shoes, brand new shoes, because the oil of your feet is going to uh, then soften the leather from the inside of this new shoe that has very hard leather. Uh, sorry, so, so it's forbidden to, to put oil on your foot or on your or in your leg and let that oil flow into the shoe that you are currently wearing if that shoe is new, but it's permissible to put oil on your foot, not inside the shoe, and then wear the shoe. Even if it's a new leather that needs softening. It's also permissible for a person to 
drench himself completely the whole body in oil and then and then uh, um the, the, they used to have instead of sheets uh, instead of the sheets that we use in our beds which are made of cotton they use sometimes something made of leather that was called katabulia uh, um, so for our purposes let's say a leather um, sofa or something so you can drench yourself in oil and then go on something of leather even if that leather is 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 brand new and you're allowed to turn around and let uh, the, the the oil come to it and you don't need to be concerned that you are softening that leather when are we saying this when there was only enough oil that it's going to uh, barely shine the leather but if you drench yourself with so much oil that it would be enough to soften the leather then it's forbidden because it's like and all of this is in new kinds of leather but if the leather was old it's permissible that involves the, the spreading very carefully of the surface so uh, the, an example, of, uh, sorry, the original melachais memahek is to take a, a, a piece of leather that has the hair in it and pass some a sharp object on it, like a knife or something else, uh, in order to remove the, the, the hairs. So you're softening that surface, making it straight and, and nice and smooth, smoothing, smoothening the surface. And a tolada of it, or another form of the melacha of it, is memareah. Memareah is um, to take something that is uneven and to even it out purposely uh, for a certain purpose. So hamemareah retia hayav mishum mohaketaor. If you the retia shalamaka is that's the way they used to put bandages back in the day. You took take a bandage. They didn't have glue, so you take a bandage. You put the ointment, the lotion, on one side. Then you apply it on the wound, on the on, on on the flesh, and you'd be very careful to smooth it out as much as possible, so that there is no air bubbles, and so that it stays there, and and that there is no place for the air to 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 filter through because the lotion uh, closes that space. And therefore, it, it should stay there. If you don't move it too much, it should stay there for a long time. That's memareh retia. Hayav mishum mohaketaor. The hayuv here is because of memahek, which is, uh, again, the original melacha. Lefichach. Ensot mim nekev b'sha'ava v'chayoseh b'hashem meyemareh. Therefore, it's forbidden to listom nekev, to close a hole. We said before that some kinds of holes is permissible to close, but it's Forbidden to close the hole with sha'ava. Sha'ava is some kind of a wax, um, or, but it's soft wax. It's not a dry wax, because you may come to be memareh. You may come to want to smooth out the surface of what you are using to covering that hole to make it really cover every area. And also, not only sha'ava, but even fat that is much more liquid than sha'ava. It's also forbidden because. You may come to do so because the gezerah that was made on Shava was made on also the also on things that look like Shava. One of the avot melachot is to write. Therefore, it's forbidden to uh, 
applying makeup, but this is the makeup not like the one of Serac, which we discussed in the last chapter, which is just powder. It's the it's the, the blush or some other forms of makeups that women use. But Lichol is more like um, uh, lipstick would be Mishum Lichol or uh, eyeshadow would be Mishum Lichol. Because it's a form or it looks like uh, writing, like Kotev. It's also forbidden, Chachamim forbade further to engage in any loan transactions, whether to borrow or to lend. Because, by the way, there is a halacha, whenever you, 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 you lend money to someone, it's a misvah, and the Gemara was uh, bring some stories of Chachamim that were very careful on it, uh, to require a receipt from the other person so that everything is clear and there is no mahaloket later on. So there is a very real concern that the person might want to record the, transa- the transaction in writing, and therefore Hamim forbade to lend or to borrow. And that's the same reason why it's forbidden to buy or sell or to or to um by the way, it's not only to sell, it's also to acquire in terms of gifts or to rent or to or to lease. Uh, because you may come to write down the transaction. Um, so, by the way, uh, people think you cannot work on Shabbat. Working, <clears throat> going to work is not one of the melachot. Whatever you do at work might be a melacha, like writing. But uh, engaging in any form of commerce is a shevut, because you may come to write. Um, asur, sorry, lo iskor adam po'alim Shabbat. It's forbidden also on Shabbat to hire workers for after Shabbat or to ask uh, someone else to, to get workers together for after Shabbat. But it's permissible because you may, you may come to write their names or something, but it's permissible to uh, borrow or lend objects, not money. So you can go to um, your brother or sister obviously within the house and a place that has the Ayruv and say, can I borrow a cup of sugar? Uh, don't do it from one apartment to the other because you may come to problems of uh, Rashuyot that we're discussing in other chapters. And so because of this, a person may borrow from his friend uh, several Kadeyain, several vessels filled with oil or with wine so long as he doesn't use the words may i may you lend to me like the commercial term of borrowing and and uh, and loan and lending which is used for money which is lihalvot so lishol and lihalvot functionally are the same but semantic uh, semiotically are not the same they are uh, taken in the psychology of people as being different things so, so long as you use the right terminology, it's permitted to borrow objects or foods, even though you have to return them afterwards. It's forbidden to sell whether orally or by uh, actually handing something to someone else, whether it's uh, by specific weight or not specific weight. Just like it's forbidden to weigh things, uh, bring yourself in your imagination to a shuk where people weigh things. It's also forbidden to count and to measure. This applies whether 
on on some on, on a measuring instrument or with a hand or with a rope that you can a string that you can then use to compare lengths of things dalet and danin bashabbat is forbidden to have court sessions on shabbat we also don't do halisa or yibum or kiddushin because all of these things involve writing in the process and the gezera is that you may come to write. You may not donate things to Bet HaMikdash. Ma'arichin is to uh, estimate how much your your ayrech that you donate to Bet HaMikdash is. Likewise with harem. Because this is also some sort of a commercial activity. And also, as we said before, uh, you may not do terumotu ma'asrot because this is like uh, donating to the Kohen this thing which you are separating as terumotu ma'asrot. Ve'od, and moreover, another gezerah, so this has two reasons why it's forbidden, as we mentioned before, because it's as if you are preparing them for their purpose on Shabbat, because without Terumot Masot, you wouldn't have been able to eat them. It's also forbidden to do Ma'asar Behema, which is to take the tenth animal, which also is one of the Matanot, because you may write down with Sikra on that animal, that this is the animal that's Ma'asar. However, if Pesach uh, falls on Shabbat, or sorry, Shabbat, Mosai uh, uh, Shabbat, then you may separate the Korban Pesach on Shabbat or the Hagiga, Korban Hagiga on Yom Tov, because this is a Mitzvah of the day and Hachamim did not extend the prohibition to that. And just like you don't do Hekdesh, so too you don't separate or, or designate the, the, the waters of Para Aduma for their purpose. If someone did Shabbat on Shabbat, just like Tevilat Kelim, if you did it purposely, you may not eat it until Musa Shabbat. If you did it uh, without knowing, then you can eat whatever was now fixed. But either way, the Perot now don't need further Terumot Ma'asot. Musa Shabbat, definitely in any situation, they are going to be Metukanot. There also the things that we said you cannot do on Shabbat, whether purposely or not purposely, uh, the effect is there. It is Mukdash, it is Muhram, it is Mu'arach, uh, even though you were not allowed to do so. And how much more so on Yom Tov. So too, if you actually bequest something on Shabbat, if you hand something over to your friend, the transaction has effect. Your friend now owns it, even though you weren't allowed to do so. Demai is something that you don't know if it has terumot ma'asot or not. So ben ha'shemashot, Achamim said, some things that are safek, you may do so during a time which is safek, as we explained of ben ha'shemashot. So you can do ma'asot of demai. This is a mishta in the second chapter of Masech Shabbat, which we read every Shabbat night. Aval lo havadai, but not devadai. If a person declared something, the Rumat Master of Demai, oh, 
למעשר עני של לבדאי, או declare that this is something that's going to be מעשר עני, which is a מעשר that you give two out of seven years, לא ייתן להם בשבת, he may not take them on שבת, אף על פי שייחד מקומן מקודם השבת, והרי הן ידועין ומונחים בצד הפירות. Even if he, uh, before Shabbat, he, he knew, he sort of knew, okay, so I have this, uh, this uh, table filled with fruits, I want the, the top right corner, it's going to be my master. And However, uh, if uh, a Kohen or Ani knew to come to his house and to eat whatever was separated for them, then they can come and they can eat uh, from that side that they know normally is the side that is a teruma. Uh, so long that he tells them to the Kohen, you should know what I'm giving you to eat is terumat ma'aser. And to the Ani, v'yodea le'ani sh'zeh shani ma'achilcha ma'aser, and this is ma'aser Ani. Halakha yudzayin, hasur lehafis u'lsahak bekuviya b'shabbat mipenesh ha'u kemekah o'imkal. It's forbidden to uh, have some kind of lottery, that's pa'yis uh, in, in Lashon HaMishnah, or to play sheshpesh or any other kind of uh, game that involves dice on Shabbat. Because this is some sort of a transaction that might bring to writing. Kuviya, uh, it may be also, it may not be sheshpesh unless it involves some monetary reward for the winner. However, within a family, among a family, if they want to do some kind of a raffle to see who gets which part of the, of the animal that they are eating, chicken or whatever else, that's permissible because uh, they, are all, they all trust each other, they are all happy with each other, and they are not going to come to write, oh, uh, I won, this belongs to me, and uh, this is the proof that this belongs to me. הלכה י"ח, אסור לחשב חשבונות שהוא צריך להן בשבת בין שעבר בין שעתיד להיות. It's forbidden to make calculations on שבת, whether on things that already happened or calculations on things that are going to happen, like how much money am I going to make next month, that's forbidden to calculate on שבת. גזלה שם יחדו, because you may come to write them down. לפיכך, חשבונות שאין בהן סולף מותר לחשבן, therefore if this uh, count this calculation has no consequence, it's permissible. Kesad, how so? Like for example, you can say, oh, remind me, how much money did we make last year? Or that was a very good year. How much money exactly did we make? Or how much did this stock go up by? Or how much did we spend on, on the, the wedding of, of our son? Or how much money did he spend in the wedding of his son? I'm not talking about Rechilut right now, but within this Gezerah of Shabbat, this is not forbidden. Because this is a kind of Siha Betelah, a vain discussion that has no consequence at all. And then uh, doing so on Shabbat is uh, like doing so during uh, the week. In neither case, anyone would be would come to write things down. So we are going to stop here. The end of halacha yud chet, and we'll continue be'azot Hashem Musa'e Shabbat with halachot yud tet until the end of this chapter.